beginning of Perek Zayin, and we saw that the Hanna Kodesh moves from Beit Shemesh to Kiryas Yarim. And it's in Beit Kiryas Yarim, the Hanna Kodesh is brought to the house of Avinod, Avinadov, and that's where the Hanna Kodesh remains, you're going to see, for 20 years. Shmuel Aleph. Shmuel Aleph, yeah. Shmuel Aleph, And uh, there's some famous questions that are asked over here. And as we know that this was after the Mishkan of Shiloh, the after the Mishkan of Shiloh had uh, been destroyed. And if that's the case, we know that the Pasuk tells us that following following the destruction of Shiloh, so then, which means there wasn't one central place where there was a Mishkan. There was a pla- it was a situation where one was allowed to have a, make a private Mizbeah. And there was a, also a communal Mizbeah, called a Bama Gedoida. Where was the Bama Gedoida? It moved to the city of the Kohenim. No, it was the city of the Kohenim. And uh, when there was no longer the central Mishkan in Shiloh, so then the Kohenim built themselves uh, in the city where they lived, which was Nod. They built themselves a Mizbeah there, and that became, so to speak, the Mizbeah, which they would bring Kabbalahs for people during that 20-year period. And now the question is, the Arna Kodesh remains in Keres the Mizbech is in Nod. It seems like, the, the, what happened to all the other Canaan in the Basin Mizbech? What happened to the Shulchan? What happened to the Menorah? It seems like that after Shiloh, there wasn't any kind of central place where all the parts of the Avodah were being done. We don't find that there was a Menorah anywhere. We don't find that there was a Shulchan anywhere. There was just a Mizbech as a Bama, which means a self-standing Mizbech. And there was Arna Kodesh, which was in a tent. And now the question which everybody wonders, but we don't really have answers to, is why didn't Klai Yisrael try and build another kind of a Mishkan? In other words, they, they had the Kedem, so why didn't they try and bring everything together? Why was it that the Arna Kodesh was in one place, and the Mizbech was in a different place? We can ask it as a, a question of trying to understand historically what Klai Yisrael were thinking, but if we look in the Mepharshim, the Briskarov and Kodshim, and the Yavits and others, they ask it as a halakhic question. And that is, a lot of the halakhas, how in the world did they do it? For example, Oyle Regal. Where were they Oyle to? Are you Oyle to the Arna Kodesh? Are you Oyle to the Mizbech? The Avoyle of Yom Kippur. How, how, how can they do the Avoyle of Yom Kippur? Because the din is that you have to sprinkle the blood in front of the Arna Kodesh, and then on the Mizbech. And they didn't have both in the same place. So how did they do that? And when it comes to, similarly, the idea of the... When it comes to some of the idea of the two gods that they bring in Kippur, the story of Hashem, the story of Azazel, so then again, how can you do that? There's, there isn't a place where you're starting from. They didn't have a, the center point of a Mishkan. How did they bring the Kateris? And uh, there wasn't a, the, 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 the Mizbeach Azov either. And uh, we have to, the answer we have to say is that for that 20-year period, they couldn't do any of these things. They couldn't do these things because they didn't have a functional Mishkan. They had a Mizbech. A Mizbech by itself, we know the Mishnah says that you can bring Korbanis Tzibur, such as a Tomid every day. You can bring uh, Oilis, Shlomim, maybe a Korban Pesach. That's all. And the Arna Kodesh, well, there's no Avodah they could do it. The Arna Kodesh remained in the tent that it was protected there. And we don't find, and this is a big question, why didn't Israel try and rebuild the Mishkan? Or something similar to that, that they would be able to uh, reinstitute all the various parts of the Avodah. Now, before we try and answer the question then, let's answer the question today. Because let's ask a similar question today. Why don't we try and rebuild the Beis HaMikdash today? So, there are really a lot of answers to that question. But we're going to go through them one by one. 
and you'll see why none of them applied to Kaikul at the time. So if uh, we'd ask the question, why don't we try to rebuild the best marriage today, assuming we would be able to do it, why don't we try? So it's actually interesting that there was a period in history where Kaikul were given that option. At the time of the, the first t- Turkish Sultan, who was called Sulaiman the Magnificent, the one who built the walls around Jerusalem, so the story goes that he actually offered the Khafam at the time uh, to build the Basim English. He rebuilt the city, he rebuilt the walls. That's the walls we have today of Yishlaim, built by the Sultan Suleiman. He offered the Jews an opportunity to build the Basim English too. At least that's Where what was this? This was in the 1500s. Who were the Khafam then? The Khafam then. Well, I mean, the ones who were alive at the time were the Mehrab, the Bez Yosef, and others. But the one he asked was his advisor, who was, his name was Don Yosef Nasir. Uh, anyway, so the and the answer that the Chachamim, again according to the story, gave him was that we have Sukkim that the only two Beis are going to be built by people. The third one will be built by Asher, and therefore they thanked him very much for the offer. But they said it's clear to us that we're not meant to build another Beis Hamikdash, and therefore it's clear that Hashem is going to build the next Beis Hamikdash, so we're not getting involved. It's assumed that this is what the Beis Yosef and the Marie Rav also said, or this was just his own personal answer? They were in Tzfas. They were in Tzfas. The Danias was in the Constantinople. But Lemaise, is he right? He's right, because that's what the Gemara says. The Gemara says that the third Beis Yosef will be born in Meshachal and Bishamayim, and that's how it will come down here built. The Gemara in Sukkah. And uh, therefore, he's right. We're not going to build another Beis Yosef. But there are a number of halakhic te- te- reasons we also can't build the Beis Yosef, even without that reason. And number one, and that is, we, all, we don't know how to. Because, uh, as we know, the Gemara says in a number of places that a Besamelech has to be built according to Hashem's instruction. And if we weren't given clear enough instructions exactly what to do to build the Baris Hashlishi, so that's the case, we wouldn't know how to do it. And if it's not done right, it's possible. And therefore, when it came to the first Besamelech, the Gemara asks, who was the Navi who built the first Besamelech? And the Gemara says, it was built based on Shmuel and Navi's instruction. And afterwards, the Nevim who were alive and watched his execution were the Nevim, Nosan and God, after David Melech died. And there came the second base of Mikdash, who were the Nevim? So the Gemara says, that's why the Nevim lasted to that first door of the building of the base of Mikdash, Chagai and Zachari and Malachi, so they, they could watch the base of Mikdash being built, and that's when the ended, once the second base of Mikdash was being built. And then from Apostle Kalakol, Miyad Hashem Malachi, a skill which means, it has to be taught from Hashem what to do. We can't, in the Mishkan, was under emergency supervision. So we can't build more Beis Amigdashas because we don't really know how to. And the future Beis Amigdash, as well, either it's coming from the Shemaim, and besides which, when it does come here, so the Gemara says we'll have Moshech to supervise how it's being done. Okay, and he's in love. So the, the second reason, besides for the first reason, and that is that the Pesukim say there isn't going to be another man-made Beis Amigdash, is even if we would try, we wouldn't know what to do. Now, that's one reason why we don't build the Beis Amigdash. That's also what the Briskarov brings. And, and when he talks about not building the mitzvah to build the base of Mikdash, but it's a mitzvah which you can only do al Pinavi because otherwise you won't know what to do. Now, that wouldn't have applied, neither of those reasons necessarily would have applied to the Tayyip's role at the time. Because firstly, they had Navi, Shmuel and Navi was alive. So they had a Navi. And if that's the case, so it wasn't that they wouldn't have known how to build a Mishkan if they wanted to, but the other point was there also wasn't a restriction on that. They weren't going to build the base of Mikdash, the one they just put the Mishkan back together again. The Mishkan they had. Oh, and they knew what to do. They had the Mishkan in the past already. And that's so why didn't they rebuild the Mishkan? So we have to answer, and that is and for for two reasons, that they didn't do the wrong thing. Number one, we said Shmuel and Navi was there. And if that's the case, if we felt that it was it would have been appropriate to re, to put the Mishkan back together again, we would have done it. 
he was a Navi, and he would have done a number two. And this is always a, a principle which applies throughout the Tanakh. And that is, if Chazal don't criticize something, it means it's not wrong. We don't decide to criticize things which, if we see Chazal, don't make a mention that there was a problem. And we never find anywhere that Kaisal will criticize, why didn't you rebuild the Mishkan right after the Kaisal came back? And why didn't you do the Avoidah, which only the Mishkan can have? You invite the whole Kaisal from being only regal for 20 years. So we don't find Kaisal will ever criticize for that, which means that what they, well, they didn't do the wrong thing. And therefore we just need to explain why. Why was it that they didn't uh, rebuild the Mishkan? So the first point we can come to is the Gemara Nzvach. The Gemara Nzvach says in the Pasuk, <laughs> you haven't come until now to the Menuchana and to the Nachala, and that's why you can't still bring Karbanus wherever you want to. Because when there's the Menucha, which is Shiloh, and the Nachala, which is Yerushalayim, then Karbanus can only be brought in Shiloh or in Yerushalayim. But when the Shiloh and Yerushalayim haven't been built yet, so, or in between the two of them, so then one was allowed to bring Karbanus wherever one wants to. And if that's the case, the first option we see is that they don't need to pass there wasn't another Mishkan. There was the Menucha, which was Shiva, and offers his Nachra, which is Yishalayim. There wasn't something else in between. And therefore, they see from the Pasuk that, that there was that in between the two of them, Shiva and Yishalayim, here there wasn't, the Torah doesn't talk about a stage in between where there would have been a Mishkan in one place. And therefore, they understood there wasn't meant to be a Mishkan in one place. Now, who said that Menucha is talking about? Mar says that the original Mishkan, which were the wooden boards other with gold, which Moshe bought, had been buried. And uh, the Mishkan of Shiloh was a stone walls. They built walls, proper walls out of stone. It's called by Yeshe, And that was destroyed by the Pishti. Why did they bury it? Because... It's Kaddish. Why didn't they use it? Because uh, they understood from the Apostle Gossah that there had to be a permanent structure in Shiloh. Because the curtains were still the same. The curtains were the same because the walls, the, the permanence was based on the walls. Yeah, but the, the covers were still the same. The covers were still the, the same. The covers were still the same. The covers were the same. The covers were the same. The only difference was the, the, walls, the, the walls were the also still the same. And then that had walls around Azara too. There weren't clothes? No. There were walls, walls, walls. So you can go see it. We have the mission of Shira today, we have the ruins of it. You can go see where the walls were. They still have the, the foundations of the stones there. Why were the, why were the, why were the boards buried? They were Kaddish. So they weren't being used anymore because the walls of Shira were built out of stone. So they didn't need wooden boards. So when we did everything Kaddish, which we not use, we buried it. Why did they use the wooden walls? Because they understood that Talakha was to make a permanent structure. And therefore they, they therefore they replaced it with walls of stone. So it could be buried around Shiloh somewhere. Yes, it is buried around Shiloh somewhere. And the Gemara says it's Atsi Shittim Aimdim Napina at the Aimdim Adla Aimdim. But nothing happened to them, they're still there. They, no, 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 they haven't, haven't changed or rotted or anything. They have discovered them? Have they ever discovered them or they haven't discovered them? Oh, I don't know if they looked for them. Uh-huh. I don't know if they looked for them. The wood. The boards of Ayamash, the wood was found by Yaakov. Because they said, you know, they said that one of them. They said that one of them. They said that one of them. They couldn't be destroyed. So what about all the Kalim and stuff? The Kalim didn't get destroyed. What about, and, and the, the, the curtains and everything? Again, it doesn't happen to them. The building got destroyed. Maybe just the walls, it's the walls. And everything else was right. someplace. Right. The Kalim we had. The Kalim we, we didn't, they didn't get destroyed. They just didn't assemble them together in one place. Uh, it says, yeah. So he brought the Shulchan of Mashen, the Menorah of Mashen, the Mizrach of Mashen. So they, they were still around by the time the base of English, they didn't get lost. And of course, the Samaran Kodesh was still there. The only things which changed with the Mizrach which they still had, but then they built a new Mizbech in place of it. 
and uh, and then what happened to the curtains? We don't see that it's uh, they weren't they were needed needed again. But uh, all the kalim were there. Whatever Moshe built remains. Okay, so that's the first thing. We see that the pasuk doesn't talk about an intermediary stage. There wasn't a Shiva and a Yishalayim, and in between, that's why Israel didn't didn't see a precedent from the Torah to build another Mishnah. To build another Mishnah. Why not? That's what we're going to try and learn tonight. What was the avoid of Tayyishal in an intermediate period when there wasn't another Mishkan and it was still before the Beth Mishkan had been built? And this is really the time which spans the leadership of, of, of Shmuel and David Amelia. Because, as you know, that's the, the time when uh, Shiloh got destroyed was the, when Elia Cohen died, that was the beginning of, so to speak, the leadership of Shmuel, on Shmuel and Navi. And the Besamidah started being built as soon as David Amelech died. So the time in between when there was neither a Mishkan or a Besamidah was the periods of the leadership of Shmuel and David. You have to understand what was the Avedis Hashem meant to be then, and why there wasn't meant to be a, a Mizbeach, or I mean a central uh, Besamidah or Mishkan, it was just a Mizbeach in that period. But David brought the Aaron to. Regarding Pasuk Base, Bahi Miyam Shevis Aaron Bekeris Yarim. The, from the day that the Arakoyish moved to Kiris Aaron, by Yehu Hayami, it was a long time, by Yehu Esrim Shana. Twenty years passed. And in those twenty years, by Yehu Kobes Yisrael Achrayashem. Tla Yisrael, by Yehu. It's an unusual word. Unkris doesn't help us, I mean, the Targum doesn't help us too, 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 too much. It just makes the Hebrew word Aramaic, which is the same word. What is the word by Yehu? So the difference, uh, the Farshim on the page explains it in very different ways. The Matsudas explains Vayinahu as a Lashon Nahi, a Lashon of waiting, a Lashon of crying. And therefore, would, the way to read the Pasuk according to him would be, Tayyishol cried, so to speak, uh, after Hashem. The Redax is the same thing, that Vayinahu is the Lashon, that they cried in the Chiv. And Ishartu, which means they regret what happened before. The Rashi explains it differently. Rashi explains it from the notion of that by you know is notion hamshafa, which means that they they were they were led, they followed after Rashi. And therefore, in other words, the according to Rashi, what the pasuk means is for those twenty years, which means really, like I said, the ten, tenure of the leadership of Shmuel Navi, Kaiyishol were loyal to Hashem. We know of Hashem. According to the Admor Farshim, the way to read the pasuk. Is that by you know Israel cried after Hashem, which means they missed the they missed the Mishkan, and therefore the 20 years they were in Avelis. they were in mourning about the fact that they didn't have a Mishkan anymore, and we made that they didn't forget about the Mishkan, they mourned it, they missed it, and uh, here also you see that therefore it wasn't because they weren't interested that they didn't try and rebuild it. On the contrary, on the contrary, the they spent those those 20 years, and it was actually more than 20 years. It was 20 years in, in uh, when Arakodesh was in Kiris Aram, and afterwards, the rest of the time when Arakodesh was in Shalayim, which is another 20 years. Uh, that, that they spent that time being misabil, so to speak. They were in felt feeling the last of feeling the morning for the Mishkan. And now with this pasuk, we now understand something very important. And that is, why didn't Arakodesh Baruch Hu want them? To build another Mishkan right away. They wanted them to miss it. They wanted them to miss it. Because the mistake of Sheila was, Clarice Yisrael didn't appreciate the Mishkan. 
it was a misfault of the Kainim, like we saw that many people reject the Mishkan, but then they, re- they disregarded it. The Mishkan, they didn't, no one bothered to come, they didn't, they didn't uh, look to be other regal, and, and therefore there was a certain zilzil that they'd had the Mishkan in Shira for 369 years, and then they developed a certain kiddo apathy, a certain disdain, even, that's a certain disregard for the Mishkan. And therefore, just to say, the Mishnah that said Shira got destroyed, okay, let's put it together, let's put another Mishnah, then we're back to everything's good again. That's not what Hashem wants. On the contrary, the, the, the part of the Chiba process is you're going to mourn for the Mishkan, you're going to miss the Mishkan, because that way, when eventually the Basement will be rebuilt, it will have uh, had a chance, Christ will have a chance to regain that looking forward to and that longing for the Basement. And if on the spot they just rebuilt the Mishkan and put it together somewhere else, okay, so now we're back to business again. No one would have had that opportunity to feel the loss of the, of the, of the Mishkan, and therefore no one would have treated, treated it properly the second time either. And therefore this was the Trevor process. The punishment for the Kohenim, Hashem didn't give them Trevor, like we saw. Uh, they were Chayim and Chilol Hashem, and Hashem said to Eli, it's final. I'm going to punish your family, and there's no, no turning back. But the punishment for Klai Yisrael was to bring them to Trevor. They had rejected the Mishkan, they hadn't appreciated it, and now you're not going to have that. And therefore, we can make it very simple. Every Yom Tov, when they couldn't be Oli Regal, because there was nowhere to Oli Regal to, so now Kaisal can think. We missed the opportunity we had when you wished to have the opportunity, but we didn't take it. And every Yom Kippur, when there was no Sarah Pnimin, there was no Kataris, and there was no Vedas Yom Kippur, so they could think, you know, what, what we lost, because we once upon a time had that Vedas Yom Kippur, and we didn't use it. And therefore, that's exactly what Hashem wanted. There's not going to be a Mishkan, that's the Shiva process. You're going to learn to miss what you didn't have, and that will make the expectation that eventually, when the time comes to rebuild the base of Mikdash, now Israel will have regained that eagerness and regained that enthusiasm to want to, to want to build the base of Mikdash and to re- treat it as the way the way base of Mikdash is meant to be treated. And it's an interesting thing because we see a, a, a similar idea after the Chorban of the base of Mikdash also. And that is, there had to be a certain amount of time before it could be rebuilt. Why? Because part of the reason for the Chorim and the Ben Samudash also was when Klai Yisrael got to the stage of being apathetic. Like when the Pasuk says in Yechesko, that they didn't, they were mezals in the Ben Samudash. They didn't see it as, a, as a, the place where it was meant to be. And therefore, again, the punishment's going to be, Hashem will take it away from you, and you're going to miss it, and you're going to long for it, and you're going to feel what it means not to have it, and only then you try to get it back again. And until Klai Yisrael get to that stage, so that she's not bringing it back. Because uh, that that's a part of the Chiba process which enables us to bring the Besamish back again. And that was true for the first base of English, but it had to be it was given time. Seventy years, there's not going to be another base of English. Even if Shim wants them to wait. We're going to be a seventy year gap, you're not going to have Basin Middash, you're going to have to learn how to mourn to the Basin Middash, like the past success. The past success. That uh, the point of it was should be misable on the Basin Middash. And the truth is it's the same thing applies to the second base of English too. And it's first in the Gemaras, and that is Hashem is not bringing the Beis Hamidrash back until we can be misable on it. Until we get to the stage where we miss it and we feel what we've lost without it, then it's not coming back again. And because that's part of the trivia for not appreciating it when we have it. And it's the first time we see this. The first base of, the base of Hashem to get destroyed was Shira. And after Shira, other of it is not going to be another base. It's not going to be another base too quickly. Because that's going to be the trivia process that enables Israel eventually to be Zaycha to the Beis Hamidash, the first Beis Hamidash, the same thing for us. Uh, eventually we'll be Zeichel to the third Beis Hamidash, which is waiting for there to be that that sense of feeling we've lost something. Like it says here, you know, that we, we cry about, we miss what we've we lost without the Beis Hamidash. 
And only then are we right to look forward to Kira or to ask Hashem even to give us another one. Because a person is a Mishabu, he's not going to be Zaykh to see if you build, because that's what Hashem is waiting for. If we don't have a Mishabu and losing it, then we don't appreciate it. And then we're not going to get it back. And therefore the point of this, uh, at, at this, this Hanhaga of Kaddish Baruch every single time after a Khurban, is when a person can get to the stage of with a Mishabu on what we've lost, then it's trying to start talking about getting it back again. But until we appreciate that, then we are going to give it back. You don't even appreciate it when you had it. So for sure, there's not, it's too soon, so to speak, to, to ask to return it to us. And that, that was the same thing over here. When there was a, when there was a certain amount of time, the Kaddish Baruch felt that Kaddish Baruch had now sufficiently uh, appreciated what the base of English, what the Mishkan was, and what they lost without it. So then it's trying to get it back again. And in the interim, we're not going to have the Avodah, and we don't have the Kataris, and we don't have the Menorah, and we don't have the Rechim upon him. And it's not just the mitzvahs we don't have. All the Hashpah that they have in the world, we don't have either. That's part of the loss. Feel that loss. Because that's what makes the person right to now look forward to it, or at least to appreciate what it was, and ask Hashem to go back to us again. And what Rebisuk said is for sure true. The people who saw it, they were for sure be able to contrast what it was before and is after. But those of us who never saw it, and especially now, when it's been nearly 2,000 years, so we do our best to try and understand what it must have been like to appreciate what the difference is. Uh, for example, in Yom Kippur, a big part of the Musaf is what was in the Basin Mish, what we don't have today. In every, in every Musaf of Yom Tif, we talk about what was when there was only Regal, what we've lost today, we don't have one of that. And it's trying to, to understand, for, for those of us who never experienced what the alternative was, what was with the Basin Mish, and therefore we can't mourn the last of what we never knew, at least we try and understand what was been missing. Because that again has the same idea of bringing a person to Mizabal Yerushalayim and then it's time to ask for it to be rebuilt. Okay, so that's, uh, that's the first part of, of the parak. Now, the second part of the parak. Vayayim Yishmuel, Akol Be'es Yisrael Leimah, Im Bechol Dabach Matim Shavim and Hashem. So now we see that they, had, they were doing Shavu and Shmuel's only comment to them was are you doing tshuva b'chol levavchem? Is your tshuva complete? Is your tshuva complete? In b'chol levavchem atem shavim v'lashem, then the way to show that is hasira selahia neicher mitaychechem v'ashtaris. Take away all that v'rezara which is in your midst and ashtaris are the trees that they used to worship. And this is strange. We see that they were worshiping a v'rezara at that stage. V'achinu levavchem v'lashem v'yivdu levadim. And if you direct your hearts to Hashem and serve Him levadim on His own, then v'yatzes chem yadav lishdim. Then you'll save you from the Plishtim. Remember that besides the fact that the Mishkan had been destroyed, the Plishtim had won the war, and therefore they were really the overlords of Eretz Israel at this stage. And now that, so they had a second problem. They were under Plishti subjugation, so to speak. So now Shmuel tells them about the second point, and that is if you want to break the yoke of the Plishtim, so you have to do a proper tshuva. And if you serve Hashem Levadoi without any other, any other form of Avodah so then, then you can dive into Hashem to save you from the Plishtim. And Klaishal listened, Vayasir b'nei Yisrael sabalim v'sa'ashtaris, Vayadun s'ashem levadu. Were Klai Yisrael collectively serving a Vedazar? At the time, not. There were, but it seems that there were some people in Klai Yisrael who were serving a Vedazar, and therefore Shmuel demanded that the whole nation be brought to the stage where nobody is serving a Vedazar. The Klai Yisrael is only serving Hashem. And again, even in that dark period of, uh, after the destruction of the Mishkan and, and the Plishti rule, it says a tremendous amount of Klai that they listened. That they listened. And then when Shmuel told them something, they did it. Why, 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 why,
they liked Shmuel. They liked Shmuel. They held him, they held him very high in their esteem, but they listened to him. And therefore, when Yeshua told them to do something, they did it, and they had this Hashem Levadai. And in contrast this to all the Nevim later on, which all tried to say the same thing, Yirmiyahu, Yecheskel, Hoshea, Micha, and the people didn't listen to them. They could beg, they could plead, they could threat, they could warn, and nothing helped. The people didn't listen. And Shmuel didn't come in with any of that. He didn't come with threats, he didn't come with long rushes. He just said, you want Hashem to help you, you have to serve Hashem. And Kaisho at the list at that level, or at least Shmuel was at that level, that he said something, everybody listened. And it brought everyone back to a complete, uh, a complete obedience to Hashem. And as we'll see tomorrow, the result. Hashem responded. As we'll see in the next picture.